Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Kita. Hi. Okay, just great. I'm just making sure it's you. Um, we're having some audio issues. Um, two of the participants actually are having difficulty calling in. Um, for some reason, their service provider is not letting them get in. Looks like Poetical Angel Queen just got on. Just a second. Get her unmuted. Poetical Angel Queen, Mimi T. Davis. Yes, ma'am. Present right. and accounted for. Got you, baby. We got two of you in and the other two are having difficulty getting in. So what I'm going to attempt to do is to try to possibly, well, that still wouldn't work. Because if I call one of them and then I could maybe call the show on the other line and then they could call the other person, possibly. We're going to see if we can get that to work. Um, because unfortunately, they can't get in, and I don't want them to have to change their phone plan just to be able to participate in the show. Um, so do, do you, you know, it, it might be, um, you know, not enough time now, but you know that Google offers like a, a phone number that's free of charge that people can use um, a Google. Uh, I don't know exactly all the specifics on it's, it's it. called google but, voice okay so you do know about it all right yes let me let me try to call um jeanette real quick and i'm going to see if she can then call sandra on three-way and then i'm going to use my third line to call into the show so we're going to see if i can make okay. this happen you know there's a will there's a way yes ma'am very quickly yes Hello? Yes, ma'am. Yes, darling. I don't know what is going on, but what I'm going to try to do is I've called you, and I'm going to try to have you call Sandra on your three-way, and I'm going to try to use my three-way to call the show. The only thing is I'm going to have to take my phone away from the room because it'll create an echo. Okay, okay. If I'm going to give you Sandra's number and see if you can call her. Do you not use three-way? Yes, ma'am. Okay, wonderful. Her number is 256-288-5436. Okay, you want me to do that now? Yes, see if you can call her now, and then I'm going to try to, once you get her on, I'm going to try to call the show. Yes. Okay, hold on one second. Okay. Okay.
Five, four, three, six. Okay, she, she didn't answer, so let me hang up. Okay, let me let her know. Um, someone, let me, Sandra. I might hang up on you, but let me see. Okay. Okay, thank you all for your patience. We are still getting this under wrap. Um, Jeanette is trying to call Sandra, but Sandra didn't answer. So we're still trying to get them both in so that in essence, I will be able to bring the show in on my line. Worst case scenario, um, I don't know if either one of you are familiar with using three-way, but we may need to conference them in on your separate lines, if that makes sense. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello, Mimi. Can I, you hear me? Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Okay, let me see what's happening here because we were on um call and the call dropped with me and Jeanette. So let me see what okay, so the, she's trying to do a three-way call. She's on the phone with her carrier now. Okay. Let me see. Are you able? to be called now. And I'm gonna ask Sandra. Okay, she said to call her. So what I'm gonna see, see if you can call Sandra for me, Mimi. Well, no, try to, well, yeah, try to call Sandra. 256, well, no, this is being recorded. No, it, it's, being, it's being recorded, so I'm going to inbox you her number because I don't want her number live on the radio because right now it's being recorded. Okay. So I'm about okay. to inbox you her number. Let me see. Keita, are you still there? Yeah. Okay, I got the number. I'm going to attempt to do this. Okay, and that's going to be Jeanette. No, that's Sandra. I'm sorry. That's Sandra's number I just sent you. And Keita, you're still there, right? Yeah. Keita? Okay. Do you are you are you comfortable with three-way? Yeah. Okay. I'm about to inbox you Jeanette's number, and we're gonna see if we can bring it all in that way. So check your Facebook Messenger. I just don't want to have it where I can't, I lose control of the show. Hopefully this works. We are crossing our fingers and this is why we do the call in early. Okay. So I just inboxed you Jeanette's number. Okay. Let me find the call. <laughs>
E.M., uh, num- it says that number is not a working number that you sent me. Yeah. Oh, I, I got the, one of the digits wrong. Hold, hold on. Let me do it again. Okay. Um, Mimi T. Davis. Mimi T. Mimi T. Davis. Yeah. Okay. I have them both on my line. So just for the sake of time, oh, okay. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and take them out in another room so that they're not being heard on the show. But we're about to start in about five minutes. Peter, are you still there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so don't worry about calling. I'm about to mute myself because they're in the background, and I'm going to let them know what's going on, and we'll be starting the show very shortly, okay? Thank you. Faith-inspired expressions, willing to do just about anything. I'm addicted, can't you sense? I need it like my body needs air. Stand in between it if you dare. Satisfy with nothing less. The mic you have just got to bless. Each stanza infiltrates, taking me away from the sinful state. My worries begin to cease. For tonight, we will share our peace. Through faith-inspired expressions, you will get your peace. Start your week off right. In darkness, allow faith-inspired expressions to be your light. Come on now. (laughs) You know you need your fix. I, Enigmatic Mahogany, am your pusher, overdosing you on faith-inspired expressions. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to Faith-Inspired Expressions. I am your host, Enigmatic Mahogany, coming to you under the wonderful umbrella of POET Radio, People of Extraordinary Talent. For those that have been chimed in since the beginning of the hour, even a little bit earlier, I do want to thank you for your understanding and patience. We had a few technical difficulties, but we were able to weather through that storm. So I appreciate your patience and bearing with us as we get this show on the road today. Tonight, I am extremely excited. And not because I know all these women, but because tonight we're providing awareness. Tonight is the opportunity for these women to be able to share their experience, their testimony 
through their eyes. And I'm all about being able to share stories. What good is a story if you do not get it out there? So as I introduce the ladies, I want to kind of get on the same line with them as well. So I want to share a piece tonight. And this will be the only piece that you'll hear from me tonight. Everything else will be from these queens that we have on the line. This piece is entitled, My Blood as It's Ink. Walking through the streets, seeing all the world throws and all that we accept, just walking through, listening to all the problems. What, what are we doing when all we do is watch? I get so tired of all these people opening their mouths to tell the problems, and yet they don't take the steps to change a thing. Yeah, young adults I may be, but the problems I have faced, see, I don't complain. I learn from them and keep going. Looking at me, you would never know of the trials and tribulations that I have faced from birth, watching beatings, growing up, feeling fist, and all the words of degradation, not upliftment. See, though, while he was busy disrespecting me and losing faith, I was gaining faith. Why I took a lot of wrong avenues trying to find love and happiness. But see, I thank you for making me grow and learn. Because of your misjudgment, you see, I grew and became more than you will ever know. But how could you do so when I'm a part of you? For you are the man that birthed me and brought me into the world. But every day it is though you tarnish the day that you married my mother. But see, my mother is the one that has stood by my side and made sure there was a meal on that table and on her knees praying for me. For in those times, prayer was all that could heal me. Getting older, breathing more, I came to feel a rape, something I could not control. For I feared it so much, something that took over my body and soul. For moments I was silent, unable to speak of the infliction placed on my life. See, this is not to whine or complain about the life I have lived, for my life is what inspires me to lay my tool to this purity, although that is what was taken from me. Then I came to face my life slipping out of my hands, sitting in a car no one thought I would make it, but I did. Memories I cannot trace, only blood and tears to be shared over something again I cannot recollect. Then let's not forget I grew to love and love with what was delivered to me. My heart thumped many a days, amazed and mesmerized by you treating me like a queen. Shit would have come my way. Although gone and far beyond, I know my worth. And that is because of a loss I was not yet ready to experience. See, my birth certificate says I am 20. But as you can see, I've tread a life maybe no more than the next. But my life has been a lesson. I don't claim to have been through it all, but I claim to have experienced and grown. You see, my life is my inspiration. As I go to shed tears, that is when my fingers begin to vibrate as my thoughts leak through that pen with my blood as its ink. And that is that piece, everyone. And the reason that I share that piece, if you all have not already envisioned, tonight we'll be providing awareness to domestic violence. The queens that are on the line tonight will be sharing their survival stories. They will be giving you a brief introduction to who they are because beyond domestic violence, they are queens. They are women. They are noble. They are Proverbs 31 women. And I am so eager and excited to have them join us tonight. The very first queen that you will hear from this evening will be my sister. And I am so blessed to have her on the line. And that is none other than my sister, Kita, on the line. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the show, Kita. How's it going, love? That's great. How are you doing? I can hear you, Kita. I'm sorry. I said it's great. How are you doing? It is a blessed occasion. I am so very humbled and thankful and blessed that you decided to allow faith-inspired expressions to be a platform for you to share your story. But like I said, we are beyond our previous circumstances. So Kita, I want to give you the opportunity to speak to the things that you're doing in life at this point as well. I want you to speak about love beyond because sometimes a lot of individuals don't know how to love beyond. And that's 
what I want to get to the bottom of tonight. So without further ado, because y'all know I love to talk, y'all. I'm a speech communications major. But without okay. further ado, I'm going to give it over to my sister, Kita, to let the audience, those listening currently and those that will be listening to the archives, know a little bit just about her. All right. Thank you so much, so much, so much. Um, so love beyond. Um, what got me to find my love beyond is a very important story. It's so important. It is so um is real. Um, I'm just a small girl, a little girl from a small town, very country town, y'all. It's very country. Um, when I tell people I'm from the A, they think it's Atlanta. No, sir, it's Atlanta. <laughs> um, so it's a very small town, y'all. Um, so small, everybody knows everybody. You know what I mean? Um, I grew up in the church. I was a church girl. I straight A's. School, you know, I'm that girl, you know, writing everybody else's paperwork, doing all that. Um, but what is more fun than being, you know, a nerd and a geek and stuff like that? What's more fun is being a dope girl, dope boy girlfriend, right? <laughs> so that's mm. the line that I took. That's the, that's the path that I took. Um, I thought that it was going to be more inter interesting um, to be that girl. Um, and so, you know, starting in the ninth grade or whatever, uh, I found myself with a, with a guy um, that I thought was the one. Um, and it, 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 in the beginning, it was really, it was really interesting. Um, so in the beginning, I graduated from high school. The day that I graduated is the day that I found out I was pregnant with my first child. Um, four years later, I was pregnant with my second. This is when it really started. This is when I saw a pattern. I saw things were not the way it should be. It's not textbook. It's not how I see things on TV. Um, it's not the movie type, though. It, you know, it's real, y'all. Um, and so things went mad love very quick. Um, you know, when you have to fight for your life because a man is putting his hands on you, then you have to fight for your life because the police are kicking in your doors. This is real. And this was the life that I chose to be in because I didn't have to do this. Y'all, I told y'all, I grew up, my family pretty well off. I didn't have to do this. I chose this life. So um, because I chose that life, I, there were some things I had to deal with on my own because, you know, for a while your family is like, nope, that's what you wanted to do. Let me let you figure that out. So some things I had to walk through, I figured them out on my own. Um, but because um, things got so bad, so very, very bad, I needed Yes. Yes, ma'am. I didn't want to interrupt you at all, sis, but I wanted to ask you very quickly, are you on a Bluetooth or on speakerphone by chance? I am on Bluetooth. Okay, because it's coming through very muffled. And the thing is, I want to make sure that everyone is able to hear the profound words of wisdom that you are blessing us with this evening. I'm not sure if they're having difficulty hearing you, but I am having a lot of difficulty. It's almost like it's muffled. So if you could try to come off of the Bluetooth and see if that helps any better. Okay, I'm off. Is it better? That That's beautiful. Thank you. I, see, I paid it. I didn't want to interrupt you, sis, but there you go. Oh, so you're back fine. to you. Didn't have to you chose this life, and uh, I'm there with you. I was yeah. getting through 
when we were talking about how okay. the friends and family yeah. were like, hey, you talk <laughs> So, yeah, no, 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 no. So, you know, that was the life I chose. Um, the last incident was um, the police kicking in our door, and I had to move. We had to move. So that's how I got to Huntsville. So I moved to Huntsville, um, staying with his family, and, you know, things still went still went bad because he's, he's not changed, but I am. Um, mm. So after being here a month, um, a really bad incident happened that led me um, to the despise of the relationship. Um, I had to stay over a month with me and my kids in the domestic violence shelter. Um, I actually have my driver's license picture that I show when I do my talks of me with two black eyes because when I left him, I left with nothing but me and my kids and the clothes that we had on our black, on our back. So as I go to get a brand new driver's license, um, I had to take a picture with two black eyes. And so when I do my talks, um, that's just, that's usually where I start at. You know, this is how this is how I was supposed to end my life. This this one picture, this one situation is where my life was about to to end. And so from there, things have just. No, it hasn't been peaches and glory. It hasn't been the perfect um, story. But guess what? I am here. God has kept me. God has raised me. My mind is free. I'm finally at a place of peace. Um, and it's been 12, 13 years. So I'm, I'm actually in a better place. Um, so much in a better place that I have wrote a book. It's called um, Love Beyond. It's a foundation. Um, for women who have been abused, the survivors, the families, um, we're just—it's just a um, family of love, and we want to show you how to love beyond your past, your hurt, the abuse, everything. And it doesn't have to just be domestic violence, although that is our key. But you can be hurt in so many other ways. But we want to show you how to love beyond everything. Absolutely. And I'm very glad that you were able to take your pain and turn it into your purpose. One thing I did want to inquire about, Keita, because I know that you said, you know, after your family saying that, hey, you chose this life for yourself. A lot of times people are afraid to go to their family, afraid to go to their friends. So when you encountered that first engagement with your family saying, hey, you chose it. What did that feel like on the inside? What did that feel like for you? Um, When I went to my family and um, as a matter of fact, say this, for years, I dealt with it by myself. I was afraid to even go to them. And, to, and when I went to my family, I went to the one person who had already abused me before. You know, he was a, um, a, uh, a person that was um, involved in domestic violence. He would beat on his wife and, you know, all these things. He was into drugs, too. So I felt comfortable going to him because I'm like, shoot, you already know what's going on. But that was the wrong person. <laughs> so, you know, for uh, again, for a while, it took me a long time before I actually spoke to my mother and, and my aunt and told them exactly what I was going through. By this time, it's a little too late because, now I'm, you know, at a place where if I was to leave, he's going to follow me. He's going to find me. Again, he's into drugs, so he knows exactly my every move. 
Um, but when I tell people now, had I did it differently, I would have. I would have been, the first person that I would have went to would have been my mom. Got you. Now, let me ask you this, because a lot of individuals feel this way as well. They say, hey, you know, I don't want to give up everything that I have. We have shelter. This is their father. I, I don't want to give up that parentage, that double parent household. Mm -hmm. So many individuals fear single parent households and things of that nature. So how was it for you being able to transition you and your children to a domestic violence shelter? Um. So when the accident happened, um, what happened was um, he didn't want me to go to work. He, the, he, the night before he picked me up, he said he saw me talking to another guy. I wasn't going to go back to work. And I'm sitting here like, we're in a whole other city. I saw my life flash before my eyes. I can remember the day I was on, I was with his cousin, stayed by his cousin. And we was on, I think the street was and we're outside fighting, tussling. I have my son. I ran up the road to Winchester Road. Again, I'm not from here. And y'all from here, y'all know how busy Winchester Road is. To see me in the middle of Winchester Road with a little three-year-old son was the day that I said, forget clothes, forget a car, forget um, furniture. I can replace it. I cannot replace my life. And I cannot replace my son. I had to let it go. Now, letting go can seem like it's an easy thing, but in very actuality, it can be very, very difficult. So when you let go, and you talk about that peace that you encountered, what is the feeling of that peace that no one can take away from you now? So my peace is um being able to um wake up with my own mind not being able to having to be controlled by somebody else being able to say jakita i want to make this decision jakita i think this outfit will look cute on me jakita you know let's eat this making my own mind up is the piece that i love being able to um allow my kids to do the things that they like to do, not what they have to do, hiding and being protected. I love this peace. I love having peace. I love not having to answer to someone who's still going to try to control me in my mind, in my finances. Do y'all know how hard it is to, to, even now, it's a struggle for me because you know something still, you still have that residue. So even me, when I want to buy something, I still have to be like, oh, God, do I want to buy this? Should I buy this? Because it's still in my head. But still being able to say, I, I can buy this. I don't have to answer to nobody. That's the piece that um, triumphs anything else for me. Now, if you had to give a message to any young lady that's going through domestic violence right now, Keita, what message would you relay to them? Um, yes, it's hard. Yes, we understand. But I tell you to find somebody that you can confide in, somebody that you trust. Because we, you know, outside looking in, 
everybody be like, oh, you can leave that person. You ain't got to stay with him. Do, 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 do. That's easy for you to say, but it's harder to do. So find you somebody that you can trust, somebody that's going to question if they don't hear from you in a day or so. But find somebody that you can also trust is if I call you and say, hey, this is it. Come get me. Let's go. That you're going to come and get me. And somebody that you're going to, that's not going to judge you because you can come get me today. And guess what? I might go back tomorrow because I'm comfortable there. So when you're in a domestic violence situation and you're ready to leave, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's something that takes time. So find some true sisters, some true friends and family that you can depend on and that is willing to go through the process with you. Well, Keita, I know a lot of times it takes a lot out of us to be able to share our story, especially when it's not all polka dots and pretty and frilly. So for that, I definitely thank you for taking the time to share your story, because your story is indeed going to be a vessel for someone's testimony, because they know if Keita can break loose, I can too. And being able to accept that responsibility, saying, yes, I chose this life. But guess what? The key thing that you said, Keita, in this story is that you changed, but he hadn't. And when that occurs in life, we must realize that it is time to let go because you were stepping into your destiny and you are still doing so. So with that being stated, everyone that is heard thus far, you have been listening to Ms. Keita, our first queen coming in to share her story of domestic violence. I encourage you, as soon as that book is released, Love Beyond. Please, please check it out. Also ensure that you're following her on Facebook if you're not already. I have tagged her in all of the flyers as well as all of the other ladies that will be on the line tonight. It is going to be an amazing night of testimony and blessing. And for that, I am forever thankful. Keita, I pray that you will enjoy the remainder ladies that are coming on this evening as well to share that story. And once again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love you to the moon and back, sis. Thank you, sis. My pleasure, love. All right, everyone, you have been tuned into POET Radio, People of Extraordinary Talent. I am your host, Enigmatic Mahogany. We are on Faith Inspired Expressions, where we are providing awareness as it does relate to domestic violence. So tonight, what I want to ensure that we're going to do is we're going to bring in one of my very, very good friends. She's been rocking with me for years, everyone. This is my sis, poetical angel queen, Mimi T. Davis. She will tell you in a minute, I am fabulous. She educates through a piece because she ensures that she takes her pain and she puts it into words. So we're going to bring on the narcissistic love written and performed by Mimi T. Davis, poetical angel queen, whichever you want to call my sis. But we're going to start you off with that before we bring her in. So it'll just be a moment, and I pray that you enjoy. Please let me know. Inbox me if for any reason you're having any issues with the audio. It looks like it's even giving me issues on the audio. So I definitely do apologize for that. We're going to go ahead and bring in Mimi T. Davis as we get this audio fixed. But you know where there's a will, there's a way. We make it happen. So without further ado, we're going to bring on my queen, my sis, Miss Poetic Angel Queen. How are you doing, love? I am fabulous. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, everyone on the lines and those that may be listening in, whether it be through the computer or the phone, they may not know you, Mimi T. Davis. They may not even know about our fabulous thing and what we be having going on. So what I want you to do at this time is give them a brief introduction of who Mimi T. Davis is, because as I said it before, our past experiences do not define exactly who we are. Now, they mold us. We learn from those experiences, but your name is not domestic violence. So I'd like to give you the opportunity to share what it is that you do and also give you the ability as well to be able to share some projects that you're working on, because I think that's very important, being able to promote and encourage our sisterhood. So without further ado, everybody, my friend, everyone's friend, Mimi T. Davis. Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, I was born and raised in San Francisco, California. I moved to Houston, Texas uh, close to 20 years ago with my ex-husband who is now deceased. Um, I hit the poetry scene because EM saw me in a poetry group and asked me, to do a Christian poem on this show, matter of fact, and that was almost eight years ago. And from that time on, uh, my poetry skyrocketed. Um, and uh, because I've had two domestic violence relationships uh, that I survived. Um, I've also been raped uh, several times, different folks. I was molested as a child uh, several times, different men. Um, I've survived much. And um, I'm here to tell you that uh, my first boyfriend uh, made me have an abortion and he cheated on me and uh, he didn't make it to 25. I had uh, left him and um, he actually had a, a drug overdose, uh, but his cruelty to me um, was just uh, incredible uh, given I was such a young age. Um, and as I said, he did not live to see 25. My son's father, um, as it is considered nowadays, my baby daddy, um, was uh, so extremely violent. Um, I still today suffer the effects of the violence that he perpetrated upon my body. And um, he had a stroke and died and did not see the age of 50. My ex-husband was a narcissist psychopath and uh, it was emotional, psychological abuse um, and also uh, physical abuse uh, near the end of the relationship. He just recently died and he uh, died basically of a heart attack. He did not live to see 80 years old. He died um, uh, just prior to his uh, 79th birthday. 
So I'm here to tell you that um, God will handle uh, your abusers. You do not have to seek um, vengeance because it says in the Bible, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and he will protect you. Uh, one of the the lady said, um, the previous um, person said, you know, find somebody to that you trust uh, to help you exit uh, the relationship. I have been formally trained by um, the domestic violence shelter uh, to handle phone calls, as uh, people uh, would call the uh, domestic violence hotline in the city that I once lived. And I have to tell you, um, the the most dangerous time for a woman um, who is in a domestic violence relationship is just prior to leaving and right after leaving. So um, the person that you entrust with this information must be somebody that you trust with your life because that's exactly what you're trusting them with um, by giving them any information. Otherwise, if you don't feel that there's anybody you can trust, then uh, by all means, call the domestic violence hotline and they will help you um, get to a safe place. Uh, Prior to doing that, you should be collecting um, your information important documents such as your birth certificate, your children's birth certificate, their immunization records, um, bank statements, uh, your credit cards, and so on, and begin stashing them somewhere safe so that if um, it becomes out of hand and you must leave Uh, instantly you could grab those documents on your way out the door Um, also you can be escorted by the police Um, they they will come and um, help you get your things out um, if you're in a domestic violence um, situation so uh, there's various avenues you can um, get out of the situation and also to be protected. And I'd like to say about um, domestic violence, um, at this, when when the first time I suffered this, and as I said, he was very savage in his um, beatings and attacks. Um, and one incident, um, he came home and I was asleep and he took some ice water and splashed it in my face and as I began to sit up he punched me full force in my face and um, I literally saw stars just like the cartoons Um, you see a person see I really saw stars and as I was stunned he took that time to um, wrap his Uh, hands around my neck and begin choking me as he's choking me he's bouncing my head against the wall so 
so I stiffened my neck uh, because I thought my my skull was going to crack from the force of of him banging my head against the wall. Um, the reason why I bring this up is right now. Here it is, over thirty five years later. Yes, I said thirty five years later. The man is dead in his grave, and I am suffering. Uh, because a disc that was damaged during that period of time has collapsed. That collapsed disc is protruding out towards the outer part of my neck, which is pressing against the nerve in my neck, which is now causing me extreme pain running down both my arms, and they're going numb. Oh, my Lord. Yes. So I want people to understand that are listening that this is real. This, um, you can uh, suffer the results of the violence many years later. Um, Of course, it hurt during the time he was attacking me, but um, the results of what he did in that particular attack didn't show up for 35 years. Um, Mm. I have significant, I have significant damage in my back. It takes up a page and a half of MRI report. um, The amount of damage that was done to my back. Um, Another incident was he picked me up. Uh, again, choking me by my neck and picked me up off the ground and body slammed me against a wooden coffee table that splintered under my uh, the pressure of, of uh, being slammed. And, um, and that's basically how um, I have the uh, severe back damage. It is so severe, the pain is going into my hips down into my upper thighs and as i said um the mri report on all of the damage within my back takes up a page and a half that's and uh that the back damage didn't show up didn't realize how bad it was um for over a decade um so as I said, you know, I was young. I was in my 20s. There was it was in the um, early to mid 80s. There wasn't any domestic violence shelters in my area yet. Um, it wasn't well known. Domestic violence wasn't um, talked about as as it is today. And um, I had a girlfriend that um, helped me to escape. Um, at that time but what I want to say is many folks think that you can simply walk away um, peep the the men or you know sometimes it's females but the perpetrator doesn't uh, hit you or slam you over the head with the frying pan on your first date um, so by the time that the violence um, manifests itself, 
the um, significant other now knows uh, your parents, where they live, your siblings, where they live. Um, they may be, have been exposed to your children. They know what school that they go to. Uh, they may be, you know, the father or mother of, of your child. And so then they have the ability to threaten you. You know, um, oh, I'll kill your mother if you ever try to leave me. Oh, I know where you work. I'll make sure to run you over after work. You know, um, uh, the threats vary, but they are real um, threats because, as I said, this this is a proven fact that um, the most dangerous time for a uh, person leaving domestic violence is just prior and just after they leave. Um, and so you must be extremely cautious um, in, in who you trust and uh, who you interact with. Um, now, that's what I consider... Um, regular abuse, the the standard everyday violent um, episodes. Um, now, with the narcissist psychopath, that is a uh, much more sophisticated level of domestic violence. Um, it's a lot of, they treat uh, life like a chess game so they have bishops and pawns and rooks and they move these people um into position and and have them do certain um various things all to break down the um victim um that they've chosen who is supposed to be their you know love interest but um, they find the victim. They they know what they're going to do. It's all pre-planned. It's all uh, premeditated, and it's all about power and control. But, but I do believe the best way to really dig deep dive into what you're saying because I actually listened to your track. I, I feel the need at this point. I'm led to play the track on the narcissist cycle of abuse okay. so that our followers are able to chime in. And while I'm doing that, I'd like you to take a look at your inbox. I sent you a special message. As always, you know, we have to stay in the loop throughout the show. But everyone, these are the stories that you need to hear. This is the truth through Mimi T. Davis' eyes. So without further ado, narcissistic, the cycle of abuse will be tuning in just for you. Narcissist love. I became addicted to him. He was my drug of choice. He cascaded through my veins like heroin. I never knew a love as amazing as that. I loved and believed in this man so much I would have died for him. Every breath I took was for him. He was my God. He told me his
love was unconditional. Being wrapped in his arms made me feel like I was the luckiest woman in the world. Our love story could have been one of the best ever told, or so I believed. What I didn't realize then, but found out decades later, was he was a narcissist. As I look back on our time together, I can actually see how he planned our relationship to take the shape it actually did. And the worst part of it all wasn't that it ended, but that he never loved me to begin with. He was a sadist and master manipulator, and I was the object of his cruel intentions. I was always his victim, but the trap had to be laid out first as to make me pliable and not to notice his true intentions. But first, he made me fall in love with him head over heels. In the beginning, he treated me like a queen, buying me jewelry, cooking dinner, buying me name brand clothes and shoes, going out to find places to dine. He said he wanted me to be his best friend and he mine. I could discuss anything with him. Knowing my previous relationship was an abusive one, he promised to never lay a finger on me or even hurt me. The sex between us was hot and sensuous. I was living a fairy tale life. I was Cinderella and my handsome prince had found me. Truth is, fairy tales are not true. Reality never happens the way it's depicted in our childhood stories. My dream life seemed to be crumbling, but I was determined to stick it out. When we moved to Houston, I was hoping it would be a brand new start for us, but unfortunately things continued to decline. And I had no friends or family to lean on. I had no money, I had no job, and I didn't know how to drive. I was totally dependent on him. He, on the other hand, had the support of his family and was gainfully employed. In Houston, driving was the main mode of transportation. And though he had promised to teach me how to drive, he never got around to it. Looking back, that was just another method of control. As time went on, it became quite clear he was cheating on me, but my mind wasn't ready to accept the truth. So I looked the other way, a fortress of denial. I was so in love with him. Had I found out about the other women he was cheating on me with, my heart would have been shattered like glass. As time passed, he became more verbally abusive. He began to treat me as if I were his loyal dog as opposed to his wife. His lies grew more elaborate, though utterly okay. ridiculous. 
it became clear to me that I was in a toxic situation, but had nowhere to turn. His family was hateful to the extent of pure evil in their words and deeds, all of it aimed towards me. Depression became my close companion. It embraced me with its shadow day and night. I was in such distress. I attempted suicide on many occasions, trying to escape this hell on earth. We attended marriage therapy, but to no avail. His body was there, but his mind was somewhere else. He began to torture me mentally, physically, spiritually, on a daily basis. I constantly was told I was crazy, that the reality I saw was delusional. His words were valued far above mine. No one listened as I tried so hard to search for help. He wore my buttons so far down that it became easy for him to elicit negative reaction to him, which just made me look even crazier. I was trying hard to keep my identity and sanity. It became essential to fight back, even in my weakened state. No one bothered to ask why I was behaving this way. They pretty much chalked it up to me being unstable. He told people many lies about me and put me in dangerous situations. He did very bizarre things to me. So when I tried to tell people about them, came off as a crazy person having hallucinations. In addition, many of my in-laws were dangerous people, which scared me tremendously and kept me quiet. I felt that being married to him, I had to stay, try to work it out. I wanted understood most of the abuse was all sorts of mind games, mentally tortured. You see, monsters don't live under the beds. They walk amongst us disguised as regular people. But look behind that mask and you'll find true evil. After he broke three of my ribs, I knew that I had to go, but I had to talk it over with God. I did something I'd never done before. I laid it all out to God, and then I asked him, what should I do? The answer was to leave, and at that point, I knew what I had to do. It took months to find my own place because the domestic violence shelters were full. Yet, I found a measure of freedom in gaining my own place, but I still didn't know how to drive, which kept me dependent on him, forcing me to obtain rides to my doctors and for groceries. So his game of manipulating went on for many more years. It took me four years of separation to gain my divorce and then to achieve it, 
I had to lose a lot of what I was entitled to. Yet my freedom became more important than any worldly gain. The fact is a narcissist knows no love for anybody ever. They get off on the pleasure of breaking people down to mere shadows of themselves. They delight in seeing their victims suffer in every way known to man. They don't feel love for anybody. They will even use their own children. They live in a chess game. Everyone is a rook, pawn, bishop, etc. Then they move people around to inflict as much torture as possible. Some know about their schemes and others don't, thinking they're helping them. It is approached the same way as chess. Many moves are thought out, planned out, many years in advance. Until the person is at their lowest point, then they go in for the kill like a cobra. It is truly a miracle I got out alive. Death came knocking at my door many times, and not all were suicide attempts. I am so filled with tremendous gratitude for God showing me the way out. I would have never seen the forest for the trees if I had not asked. I read the Bible. I thought I knew God's position on the subject matter, but found I was wrong. I never asked God ever, but now I ask many questions and I have regular conversations with him. That's the key. Talk to God daily. Don't hold anything back because God sees everything and knows everything. Be honest with him and he will show you the way. I pray that in telling my story, some people will wake up out of their slumber. Some will see the red flags in time and run like the wind. And others will find an escape from their captivity. No one deserves to be treated like less than a human. There is no narcissist love. It's only an illusion. Musings of Amelia T. Davis. And peace. You have just heard the musings of Amelia T. Davis, Mimi, fabulous. I tell you, she is truly a queen and we love, love her to life for everything that she brings. Something about what Miss Mimi T. Davis said that really stung high for me. And this is a message that I want to get through all the queens. And yes, domestic violence does happen with men as well. But there is a beautiful quote by Christine Mason Miller. At any given moment, you have the power to say, this is not how this story is going to end. And you can rewrite your story just like Hita did. She's writing a story. Being able to love beyond the rape, love beyond the abuse, love beyond the self-hatred. Have that self-love. That's truly what it's all about. Domestic violence is happening more and more, and people rarely even realize it. The numbers are alarming. When I went to go look, everyone, I was completely shocked. On average, nearly 20 people, 20 per minute, are physically abused 
by an intimate partner in the United States. During one year, that equates to more than 10 million women and men that are being abused. One in four women and one in nine men experience severe intimate partner physical violence, intimate partner contact sexual violence, and or intimate partner stalking with impacts such as injury, fearfulness, post-traumatic stress disorder, use of victim services, contraction of sexually transmitted diseases as well. So this goes to say it's happening more and more every day. And a lot of times those are silent cries. It may be your mother, it may be your sister, your aunt or your friend. And that's why tonight is so extremely important. While we want to provide awareness to domestic violence, you have to look for those signs. And as Mimi T. Davis presented in her piece tonight, look to God because he, he will save you. He will allow you to get beyond what you thought that you couldn't get out of. And thank God with Mimi T. Davis and Keita and also the queens coming behind that God didn't allow them to die in it. Mimi T. Davis, I just absolutely love the piece and I felt that it was very appropriate right on time as you were describing the abuse that you encountered. So I thank you for sharing your love, sharing your time, sharing your pain, because you found purpose in your pain as well. You've reached the poet community in ways near and far through your pen, whether it be in the pain or the happiness that you experience today. And even with the pains that you still encounter from a physical aspect, Mimi T. Davis, you're stronger. And I guarantee you will never go back to where you were before. So even in his demise, even with him passing, it still impacts you. And I think it's very important for people to realize that just because someone is dead, just because someone is out of sight, does not mean that it's out of mind. Doesn't mean that it doesn't still hurt. Doesn't mean that it does not still anger you. So I thank you so very much for sharing your story with us. You're more than Florida. welcome. And much, much love to all the queens tonight. And, um, May you continue to inspire and empower and encourage um, way into the future um, to all the queens. Um, bless you and stay strong and uh, God will see you through all of it. Much love. Much love as always, Queen. Well, everyone that's just now tuning in, whether it be on the phone lines, the internet, however you're getting in here tonight, you are now tuned into POET Radio, People's Extraordinary Talent, Faith Inspired Expressions, where we are here to ensure that you are overdosed on inspiration, encouragement, upliftment, motivation. This particular network has been operating for over 10 years. And it's also received multiple accolades. And it's because of callers such as yourself, guests such as yourself. So I thank you all for being a part of such a miraculous movement. We're going to go ahead and press on. You've heard from two queens. Guess what? We just halfway there. You still got two more queens to hear from. So without further ado, I am going to bring in another queen. She's a local here in Huntsville, Alabama, showing love for Hunts Vegas. We're going to go ahead and bring in Miss Jeanette in the building. How are you, love? Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? Blessed and highly favored, humbled and thankful to have you on the lines. I know it was a, a little ways to get here, but I appreciate the efforts of my sisters and queens that made sure that everyone was able to join in tonight. So I am so thankful. 
Yes, ma'am, and I am blessed and honored to be here this evening. Uh, and yes, I will go ahead and get started, if that's okay. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my, name is, <laughs> my name is Jeanette Robertson. I am a native of Sheffield, Alabama. However, I have been in Huntsville since 2009. Um, I am an intake specialist for Alabama Nonviolent Offenders Organization, and I am also a first-time published author in, of an autobiography titled Tears of a Suffering Soul. But most important, I am a survivor of domestic violence. Okay, in my, um, I began my bout with domestic violence when I got married at 16 years old. Um, by this time, my daughter, she was about five months old. And this was a child that I had encountered with another man. However, my husband, he accepted her as his own. Um, he was loving, patient, caring, all of the above. I never saw any signs of anything otherwise. Early in the marriage is when the abuse began uh, hitting, kicking, choking, punching, and I didn't understand why. Um, I felt as if my world was slowly starting to change as I continued to love this man unconditionally. I would do absolutely anything for him. However, along with the abuse, he started selling drugs and sleeping with other women. Arguments would just come from out of nowhere. Um, I remember one incident, he took me to one of the busiest and darkest roads in the city and dropped me off and told me to walk. No street mm. lights at all, only the, head, only the headlights from each passing car. I was afraid for my life that the next car coming around the winding road would hit me. So after what seemed to be several minutes, he came and picked me up and I returned to the car. Uh, during one argument, he was chasing me with a knife and cut my wrist. Uh, thank God that was only a minor, a minor injury. Each wow. time I would leave home, he would find me and bring me back. Once he took my car from me for several days, then advised her that I could come and pick the car up. So I had one of my friends to take me. He walked up to the driver's side of the car, pulled out a knife, reached into the car, for my throat, trying to cut my throat. My friend put his arm up in the way to protect me, and he severely damaged his arm. And to this day, my friend still carries that scar with him. Uh, during our marriage, I got pregnant and had a son. I felt as if I could not escape him, so I entered into a safe house. Uh, but understand, throughout all of this, he continued to be a loving father. He never you know, never hurt the children. After about three weeks in the safe house, I left and found myself right back with him. Uh, since I could not defeat him, I just I decided to join him. I quit school and started helping him sell drugs. Mm. So, um, yes, ma'am. During another altercation, I remember him. He had me pinned to the floor. He was on top of me. His body was on top of me. He was holding me down with one hand, and he had a gun in the other hand. He shot at my head. 
The bullet missed my head, went straight past my ear and into the floor. I just knew at this moment, I said, God, this is going to be the day that he kills me. Mm. Uh, being hospitalized, being hospitalized as I was dehydrated, my hair was all out on one side. He actually showed up to my room and tried to pull my IV out of my arm. So oh, as I can see, these are only a, a few of the examples of the things that I experienced during this marriage. During each attack, I would ask God to please spare my life. And I know that it was God that was my keeper. However, my husband, he eventually went to prison due to selling drugs. While he was in prison, I took that opportunity to get a, a divorce from him. Okay, Amen. when he got out of prison, I allowed him to have a relationship and spend time with the children. Um, so within time, he was back in the streets, allegedly living a life of crime and abusing other women once again. In 1997, excuse me, in 1997, he was killed by the police. Mm. Even after that, even after surviving domestic violence at the hands of my husband, I found myself continuing to enter one abusive relationship after another. So I, I just want to say, ladies, you are enough. You are not alone in any of this. You are strong and you are beautiful. There is help available. And I just want you to know, speak up in the silence through all this. And I love each of you. Well, we definitely love you as well, Jeanette. I, I thank you so very much for sharing your testimony, the various bouts of violence that you did have to encounter. A couple of things I did want to ask. I don't want to hold you long. I, I realized that you said that he was a good parent. He was a good father. So as the abuse was happening, I know one time your friend was in the car, but other times were your children around, were they witnessing these things as they were happening back in Sheffield? I remember maybe one or two incidents when they were around. However, this is not excusable, but they were so small and so young. I don't think that they realized what was going on. And you know what, Jeanette, that's a very easy statement that a lot of people make, but I'm going to be quite honest with you. I do know that children remember things that you think that they had no idea or you thought that, hey, they didn't even see that they were sleeping. You would be amazed at the things that they remember. However, I'm very glad that you were able to come out on the other side of it. You were able to utilize that time when he got locked up to make sure that you got a divorce. And it's truly nothing but God. I have to say that for you to even still allow a relationship. It's that's a very, very hard thing to do. And people may say, oh, that's easy. He didn't do anything to the kids. But at the same token, he did because he was putting their mother in danger, making it would possibly their mother wouldn't even be there any longer. So you actually were doing everything that God would have wanted you to do. And I commend you for that because I don't even know if I could have did that. I'm just going to be honest with you, Jeanette. So I thank you so very much. And I, that really makes sense now with your book, Tears of a Suffering Soul. I know that although he's deceased, there are memories that are still playing in. And you also mentioned that even after that relationship, you continue to get in additional abusive relationships. It was like a cycle, per se. So, Jeanette, do you understand or have you determined what it was that kept attracting you to those particular types of individuals? Something that our young women can maybe look for as they're going through life now. Yes, ma'am. 
Absolutely. Well, Jeanette, I thank you. Yes, ma'am. I thank you so much for having me. And as um, I continue for just a moment in my autobiography titled Tears of a Suffering Soul, it talks about just about everything that I have encountered throughout my life, abusive relationships, um, just me having the children, just everything. So when um, that book is released, I would encourage each lady, man, woman, just everyone to just please take the time to, to read that. I do as well. I say. And what we're going to have to do as well, Jeanette, after the show is over, we're going to have to have a a one-on-one because I got folks in Sheffield. We may be cousins and not even know it, you know. (laughs) You're the people. They all can. So we're going to have an after show, an after party. We're going to have an after party and figure out if we can. But if not, you are still Christ and I'm blessed with your presence. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. I love each of you. And we love, love, love you to life. Everyone, you have heard from three queens. Can it get any better? Can it? It, it can. I'm here to tell y'all it can. Enigmatic Mahogany, I, I try my best. And obviously, you can see in listening to these women's stories, listening to their testimonies, and knowing that, hey, their story didn't end right there. They kept pushing. They kept ensuring that there was purpose in their pain. All of these ladies are inspiring individuals near and far with their stories. They're making sure that the cycle of abuse does not repeat itself. So they're making sure that if there's a young lady or even a young man, and I'm even going to say old, because you don't have to be young to go through abuse, young or old, they're letting them know the signs, letting them know that, yes, there is a way out. We have one more queen tonight, you all. And I hope that you all have enjoyed and have truly been blessed by the testimonies presented here this evening. Up next is another Huntsvillian. Y'all know I'm I'm getting my Huntsvillians and I love Muslims. I love Muslims. But we will definitely broaden out with different threads. As you know, with the show, I provide awareness at various times of the year. So my goal is to ensure that we're providing that platform for individuals near and far. Up next. We have my queen, Miss Sandra, on the line, and we had to bring her in through way of Texas. We know we had to bring her all the way through Houston, Texas. So once again, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and for your patience throughout the show. You will hear from the next queen tonight. Without further ado, the stage is yours. Hello, Sandra, you are there with me? Hello, Sandra, can you hear me? I am blessed, 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 and thankful. I appreciate all of your efforts for making sure that we were able to get you in tonight. The show would not have been a show without each individual. Every individual played their intricate part of this whole. So I thank you so very much, and I love, love you to life, dear. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I am honored. I am humbled. I'm very, very thankful for all of these queens here on your show as well, who fortunately made it out of their situation. You know, I'm very, very grateful for that because there's a lot of women who did not make it out of theirs. So I'm just glad that we're able to help be a part of a movement and quite possibly help someone. Even if we help one person, we've done our part. Um, just to remind everyone, hey, I'm Sandra. <laughs> I'm Sandra. I'm a medical assistant. Hey. <laughs> um, 
I'm a medical assistant here in Huntsville. I'm also a mother, and also I am a survivor of domestic violence. Um, I was physically abused by the father of my children, and it went on for off and off for probably the off and on for probably the better part of four years. It worsened in the last year. Um, there was the final incident is really what what finally got me to to realize my strength and get out of the situation. Um, but the last incident that occurred between the two of us was one night we had come home from a family outing, and he unfortunately unfortunately was also an alcoholic, so he had been drinking all day. Um, we get home, and it was like I left with my husband, but I came home with the devil. And next thing you know, this argument breaks out. Um, he got very, very aggressive with me, started getting angry and yelling, and I'm just standing here like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening yet again. Um, anyway, I tried to de-escalate the situation, and when that happened, all that did was make the situation worse. He ended up throwing me onto the floor. I fall back, and of course, this is happening in front of the children, so they're terrified. Um, he begins to punch me in my face. At this point, I kind of glance over at my kids. I see my oldest one grabbing his younger siblings. They all run upstairs. Um, I break loose from him. I try to run out the back door. He grabs me and pulls me back in and throws me against the wall and then punches me in my face. I break free again. I finally make it out of the back door, but he quickly catches me and throws me to the ground. He then begins to kick me, stomp me. He starts really hammering into my face. It was like something had come over him. It was like he was possessed. I mean, his strength was unimaginable. And thankfully, Thankfully, a neighbor happened to be walking by. A neighbor and her friend happened to be walking by, and they yell out to him, stop, or else we're calling the police. And sure enough, he stopped. So I was mm -hmm. able to get up, you know, get back inside or whatever, see after the children, make sure they're good. The police were, in fact, called. They arrived, and they take him away. Um, he did do a night or two in jail, so I decided to use that as my escape. Um, the next morning, actually, um, even prior to me plotting my escape, the next morning I decide I need to go to the emergency room. I was in so much pain, so much pain. I could barely move. I get there. Hours later, they tell me my shoulder is dislocated. I have a fractured rib, and I had a blowout fracture in my left orbit. That means my eye socket, my left eye socket was completely shattered, and my eye was literally sinking into my head. So they had to set me up immediately with a plastic surgeon to repair the damage to my face. So I had to have reconstru uh, reconstructive surgery done to my face. And it's, and it's actually still apparent to this day. There's no scarring or anything, but if you were to look carefully, you could see that my eyes are actually different. One's completely different from the other. Um, but overall, it could have been worse. I'm still thankful that, you know, to some extent you can hardly tell, but I, I'm, I'm just thankful that I actually made it out of that alive because if my neighbors had never decided to go for a walk that night, he probably would have beaten me to death. I probably wouldn't be on this phone with you ladies right now because at the time this occurred, no one's ever out 
No one is ever out. And it just so happens that particular night, two people happened to be walking about and saw the whole thing go down. So I'm thankful that it occurred at that time. Um, but I don't want this you know, segment to be just about my experience. I also want to focus on, I also want to just mention, you know, if, if any of you out there know someone who's going through such a situation, I don't care how minor you think it is, it's perfectly okay to get involved. And, and I think it's important that we understand that we need to normalize getting involved because we spend so much time getting wrapped up in ourselves and thinking, this is none of my business. I'm, that has nothing to do with me. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not getting involved. Well, guess what? As a neighbor, as a member of your community, just as a human being, period, you are supposed to get involved. That's what we're placed here for. If we keep going through life and addressing things as, that's none of my business, well, all of these cycles are just going to continue. And I know that it's each individual's responsibility for whatever circumstance, you know, may come about. However, as the saying goes, it takes a village, and I really do believe in that. We do have to help one another, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation. And everyone thinks it's none of their business until it happens to one of their own. Then it becomes, well, no one was there to help me. And I really think we need to move past that. We need to move forward. We have to get ourselves involved if we truly care about one another because it's extremely hard for one individual to get out of such a serious and toxic situation. It really is. A lot of people you know, who have never experienced this, they judge, they think, how can you tolerate that? How do you deal with that? How come, why don't you just leave? And believe me, if it were so simple, if it were truly that simple, no woman would endure that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a serious situation, and I think it's just important that people get more involved in their loved ones' lives. You know, ask questions, because sometimes women are going through these things and you may not even know. So have questions, sit down, talk to your loved ones, take your best friend out, you know, to lunch, you know. Try to figure out what's going on, especially if you have some suspicion or if they fill you in on something. See what there, what there is you can do to help that person. And I think it's very important that you bring forth that information because a lot of times people will be like, well, I'm just worried about me. That ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm not going to get in their business. But sometimes you need to. And it's not just by happenstance that the individual happened to be there and they were walking. That was God's intervention, I truly believe. And I am glad that they were walking, being able to ensure that you had another day to be on this earth. One thing I want to make sure that I do is make sure that everyone knows the hotline number which is 1-800-799-7233. Once again, that's 1-800-799-7233, the last four numbers standing for the word safe. Well, one thing I did want to ask, Sandra, because I know a lot of times as people go through things in life, definitely when it comes to abuse or negative situations with men, their thing is, I give up. I'm done. I'm over it. I don't want to be with anybody ever again. So I'd like to ask you, how were you able to, in essence, love beyond that pain and get in a position to love again? Because a lot of people give up hope on love. So how is it that you were able to maneuver and be able to determine that I'm worthy of love and be able to allow love to be a part of your life? Well, you know, it wasn't so much, um, I mean, of course, I did, you know, take time to 
Um, Sandra, are you did you come away from the phone because we can barely hear you? Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Thank you so much, Queen. Okay, sorry about that. Um, it, it's really, really more than just me finding out that I'm worth love again. Um, because, you know, don't get me wrong, there, I did take time to myself and reflect and realize, you know, I got to get myself together, I got to get my mind in order, get my children together, and I need to look out for me, you know, because whether it seems selfish or not, you are number one. So you definitely have to make sure you yourself are in order. Um, but another thing is you will also know your worth, not just because you know it yourself, but someone will come along and let you know you are worthy of love. You are worthy of being in another relationship should you, you know, desire so. Um, the right person will eventually come along and, and kind of remind you of who you are and what you deserve. Um, but it's really just a matter of just kind of stopping, doing some self-reflection, and, and really ponder on your situation and realize what you did wrong in that situation, not what you did wrong to deserve it, but what you did wrong to where it continued. So it's really, really important that you think about your past and you use it to, to better your future. So it's, it's, it's extremely important that once you finally get that strength to get out of that situation, just stop for a moment and really love on yourself. Self-love is so important. And, you know, with, with society kind of forcing relationships onto individuals, we sometimes just jump into relationships not realizing this may be an unhealthy step. So once you get out of such a toxic situation like mental and physical abuse, you have to really stop and love yourself first. Give yourself time to get both feet on the ground so you can take that next step. Definitely great words of encouragement, and I'm sure that that allows individuals to know that the story doesn't end because of a negative situation or because of individual was being negative to them. So with that, Sandra, I do thank you so very much for being so transparent in sharing your testimony that will be able to touch the lives of many. I know that we have you on the line by way of Texas. So with that being stated, Poetical Angel Queen, I know that I put you to work, had you do some calling for me and everything. I appreciate you to the heavens for that, sis. But I do believe tonight we should end on a positive note. I will be the final voice that you will hear this evening. However, at this time, Poetical Angel Queen, we've had some adjustments to the show and I appreciate your flexibility, but I would be honored if you would share a piece tonight with our queens and for those that are listening on the airwaves via phone and the internet. Is it okay if we can get a piece out of you, Miss Poetical Angel Queen? Uh, yes, and what kind would you like to hear? Well, Poetical Angel Queen, you know the stage is yours. You know you've been rocking with me for years. With it, let me remind you this. The show is called Faith Inspired Expressions, okay? So with that being stated, anything under that umbrella, we good, love. Um, mm, I'm trying to find something. Now, you know, rule number five, oh, you know, you know, I got it. I'm just because I have so many and I'm I'm trying to find. OK, here we go. This is called praising Yahshua. Now, for those who don't know, um, that is Jesus's 
uh, name in Hebrew, Yahshua, is actually Jesus's name um, in Hebrew. And so it's called Praising Yahshua. Our Redeemer, our Savior, left heaven to pay the ultimate price for us. God, knowing humanity's flaws, having a nature towards sin, sent his only begotten son to rescue it. Satan had us in shackles, slaves to our flesh. 911 of the heavenly kind was called on. Take up his cross and allow the sins of humanity to be placed upon you. Yahshua answered the call. Humiliating torture upon a cross. His hands and feet nailed to a tree. Through his blood, all humanity was saved. In my heart, I sing praises to him daily. For he didn't have to pick up that call. He didn't have to take that walk to Calvary. I do not take lightly his sacrifice, his pain, his his humility, his heartbreak, his blood, thanking him day and night. A silent chorus of my heart, mind, and soul joining in unison to praise the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, his name, Yahshua, or Jesus. Let every voice upon earth sing praises to Yahshua. He is the one who gave everything he had, including his life. He loved us, so he left heaven, come to earth to be tortured and murdered, in order to gain the keys to set all of humanity from hell's gates. Yet all he asks is to accept him, recognizing him, walking in truth, love, and light. Praising Yahshua for the love he has given and continues to this moment to give is so mind-blowing. Most can't comprehend it or even believe in it. I'm so thankful he walked into my life, pulled me from the darkness. Being lost, he found and rescued me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praising Yahshua. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. Poetical Angel Queen, you already know that piece was fabulous, darling. Fabulous, absolutely fabulous. And I am so glad that you ended us on a note of redemption and salvation. It is his grace that has carried us through. For each of you queens on the line, you were graced for this journey. It is definitely not for naught. You are truly a survivor and you are allowing your goals and aspirations to be accomplished and achieved. And for that, I commend you. I admire each of you for your strength, for your courage, for the love that you have within you, because I hear it. I hear it on the airwaves tonight. I see it in the presence of those that I have been blessed to be in their presence. So with that being stated, I want to leave each of you with this. It's a quote by Gene McAvaney. You can recognize survivors of abuse by their courage. 
When silence is so very inviting, they step forward and share their truth so others know they aren't alone. That's what each of you has done tonight. I thank you once again for your transparency, the sharing of your story, your love, your heart, your motivation and encouragement. Everyone, you have been tuned in to POET Radio, People of Extraordinary Talent, Faith-Inspired Expressions. I am your host, Enigmatic Mahogany. It has been a pleasure tonight. I thank you for allowing me to be your pusher, your overdoser on everything good. Be sure to tune in next week. Same place, same time. Announcement coming soon. And please be sure that you continue to follow the POET network for there will be shows operating every day of the week. Tomorrow we have Voices Behind the Pen, which will be with myself, Enigmatic Mahogany, Black Ice, Nina Purple Rain, Kylie Brown, and we also have Brother O in the building as well. So stay in the know. We're going to keep you informed, keep you entertained, and keeping you uplifted. Peace and blessings to everyone and to all a good night and a great, productive, and prosperous week. Love and blessings to everyone. Thank you so much.